Hello there, and welcome to my spot up on the bleachers. Up here, we sit and talk about sports. Hope you brought your favorite koozie, so open up a cold one. My name is Don Glenn, and this is Talking Sports on the Bleachers. You got to get it done. This is Gateway City Sports. The rumors are true. This is Talking Sports on the Bleachers with Don Glenn. A confident young man. A superb athlete. A look at the sports issues of the day. Grab a seat, pop a cold one, and let's talk some sports. Gee, that sounds kind of interesting. Gentlemen, start your engines. Rommel on the shotgun, here's the snap, Rommel looking, dumps it off right side, intercepted! Intercepted the goal line by Woodson, and there is your Gallagher! Rommel for the widespread stance, arms out over the plate, Pickford from the stretch, the 1-1 one, one pitch. been here before i'm glad you came back if you're your first time well i welcome you and hope that you enjoy the show and become a regular listener you know i've had a hard time putting this podcast together uh, this week uh, i've had some job interviews i've had some other things going on we had a storm go through that took a tree out of our uh, out in our yard and uh, nobody got hurt uh, everything's fine just a little bit of minor damage to the guttering but uh, so now it's friday and i'm finally getting to put this thing together so I want to let you know that Talking Sports on the Bleachers is a proud member of Gateway, Gateway City Sports and GatewayCitySports.com. At Gateway City Sports, you can find podcasts and articles about sports in and around the St. Louis Bicet area. So go to GatewayCitySports.com. Well, when last we got together, I railed on the Cardinals, and we're going to talk about them today. Don't be, don't uh, think we're not. Uh, uh, I'm going to touch on uh, a little bit of what's going on and what I think they need to do and what I think they're going to do when the deadline comes around. But right now, I'm going to start the show off. We're going to talk a little golf and then maybe a little Illini recruiting, college sports, so to speak. Uh, so um, there have been 26 winners on the PGA Tour this year with six multiple event winners. The leader is John Rahm with four. And then you have Wyndon Clark, Tony Finau, Max Hama, Scotty Scheffler, and now... Keegan Bradley with two. Uh, Bradley uh, just won the Travelers Championship by three strokes over runner-up Zach Blair and Brian Harmon. Now, Blair started the final round nine strokes back, shot an eight under par 62, finishes round, oh, about an hour, I think, or so ahead of Bradley. Um, he had a one-stroke lead going into the final round, but four straight birdies in three in holes three through six, put him in control and on pace for the course record. He had a shot at that course record. I think with uh, five holes to go, he only needed two more birdies, and unfortunately, they were not coming. 
Uh, he ended up with two bogey, actually three bogeys, uh, and uh, yes, yeah, he had a bogey on uh, 13, 14, and 16. Uh, Patrick Canle- Cantlay made a late charge, but then he tailed off at the end. Um, so going into this week in terms of the tour rankings, were though Scotty Scheffler is still number was number one. Uh, he's played in 51 events with an average of 11.93 points, and this is by the PG Tour Zone ranking. So I don't know how they rank their points, but that's the numbers are giving me. Uh, John Ram is number two, playing in 46 events with 10.3 points. Rory McIlroy, third, and playing in 46 events with 9.245 points. Patrick Cantlay is fourth, after only 40 events with 7.22 points. And Victor Hovland is fifth, playing in 52 events with 6.679. Money leaders, Scheffler, obviously, uh, $17.7 million. John Ram at 15.2. Wyndham Clark is third with $10 million. Victor Hovland is at 9.6. And rounding out the top five, Rory McIlroy at $8.9 million this season. Uh, let's see, Scheffler, I, I'm going to tell you what. He has really been on it this year. He's made 27 consecutive cuts with two wins and seven top threes, 13 top tens. Uh, right behind Scheffler, John Ram is winner of four tournaments, uh, six top three finishes, nine top uh, ten finishes. Uh, Xander uh, Scalfe, Scuffley, I, I never pronounce his name right. I apologize. Uh, nine top tens, no wins, but two top threes. And Max Hom has eight top tens. He's got two wins, four top threes. Now, one guy who's tied for fifth in top ten finishes, I think people should watch out for, and that's Roy McIlroy, and I'm going to tell you why. Uh, he's got seven top tens, one win, two runners-up, and a third and fourth place finish. He's playing very well. Um, he's he's stroking the ball really good. He's hitting nice drives. He's having a little bit of rough luck uh, here and there. But, uh, you know, I think uh, he's a guy you need to kind of watch out for. Scheffler is obviously the guy that uh, odds on favored to uh, come out ahead this year. Uh, John Ram is making his case to, uh, to see that doesn't happen. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting tour from here on out. I've got a couple, uh, one major left. Uh, and uh, I'll be reporting on golf a little bit more. It's uh, something I like to, like to kind of follow, so... I want to take a look at college sports next, but first, thinking about college, kids are going to school, and what do you do when you get the kid for graduation and he goes off to college? You get him a car. Well, that's what a lot of people do. I didn't get my daughter a car, either of them, but, you know. Uh, but they, a lot of people do. They buy a car. Now, buying that car is going to be stressful because you've got you to make sure he's going to be going a long way away. you got to make sure it's going to be right for him or her, that it's going to be safe, reliable, stressful. But there's one place that's trying to change that, 5th Street Motors, located at 2044 Rose Lane in Pacific, Missouri. At 5th Street Motors, they want to make your car buying experience less stressful. They will help you find the vehicle you need, no matter what brand. Because at 5th Street Motors, they believe in giving you the absolute best price on a pre-owned vehicle that's going to fit your budget. So check out what stress-free car buying car buying can be and give Brandon or Don a call today at 573-259-1306. Again, Five seven three two five nine one three zero six, and tell them Don Glenn from Talking Sports on the Bleachers sent you. Okay then, let's see. Well, congrats to go out to the University of Oklahoma women's softball team for becoming only the second team in NCAA history to win a D1 national softball championship three straight years. The only other team doing that was UCLA from 1988 to 1990. The Sooners defeated Florida State on June 8th. Uh, This win also extended their winning streak to 53 games over the last three years. That's a a heck of a record, I'm telling you. Uh, Coach Patty Gasso cited the team leadership and said, We talked about a dream. We all wanted it, but we had to show them in practice how to do it, and they did it. My daughter's a huge softball fan, and she told me earlier this year, she said, Dad, you've got to keep an eye on this Oklahoma team. There's something special. These these guys can play, um, and you could just hear the way she talked about it. And uh, you know, I may have to get her on talk about softball one of these days. I have to see what she's doing this summer in between uh, classes, maybe. Uh, likewise, a 
congrats go out to the men's uh, college world series winner LSU. Uh they defeated uh they had a three game series against Florida, uh won the first one four to three, then lost twenty four to four, and then the final game Monday night, LSU pounded at twenty four hits, winning eighteen to four to claim its seventh national title in school history. NCAA football recruiting, uh, the 2023 recruiting rankings are out. The top five are Alabama 1 with 28 points, Georgia 2 with 26, Texas is 3 with 25, Oklahoma is 4th with 26, and Ohio State is 4th with 20 total recruits. Uh, kind of breaks down a little bit. Alabama had nine five-star commits and 18 four-stars. Georgia had uh, five five-stars, 17 four-stars. Texas with five four-stars, 14 four-stars. Oklahoma, three five-stars, 14 four-stars. And Ohio State, only one five-star recruit, but they did have 18 four-stars. How they got a 20th uh, or a fifth ranking, I'm not quite sure. Uh, for local interest, the University of Missouri is ranked 33rd with 19 total recruits, no five-stars, five four-stars, and 14 three-star recruits. Uh, University of Illinois came in at 42nd with no five-star recruits, three four-star recruits, and 23-star recruits. In terms of conferences, uh, SEC has two teams in the top five, four teams in the top ten, and eight teams in the top 20 as far as the recruiting rankings go. Uh, Big Ten is woefully behind them. I mean, we're not even in the same zip code. I, I'm from Illinois, so I'm in the Big Ten, guys. Uh, Big Ten has one team in the top five, one team in the top ten, which is obviously Ohio State, and only two teams in the top 20. Um, so football recruiting didn't go well for the Big Ten, it looks like, at least according to the national rankings. Uh, on a basketball recruiting front, the top five are Kentucky with seven commits, Duke had four commits, USC four commits, UConn five, Michigan State is at four commits. Uh, Kentucky had uh, four five stars, one four star, and two three stars. Duke had uh, all four of their commits were five stars. USC had two five stars, two four stars. Uh, so UConn had a five star, three four stars and one three star and Michigan State one five star and three four stars uh, as for Mizzou they came up 26th with three commits two four star recruits and a three star recruit Illinois is 31st and lists four commits but one of those uh, Zachary Perrine he left in mid he came midseason last year played one game and left so that actually only leaves him with three commits uh, two or four stars, and one's a foreign player, uh, Nick Moretti, who is not listed as, uh, or not rated, as they say. Uh, but, uh, as far as transfers, Mizzou's got five transfers coming in, and Illinois has three transfers coming in. Uh, just a little note here with the University of Illinois women's team. Now, Shauna Green, I mentioned her a couple times in this past season. She has done just a phenomenal job putting Illinois ba women's basketball back together again. Um, it's been a long time since we've had this. I think Teresa Grintz uh, back in the late 90s was the, the last one to kind of generate this kind of excitement in, in, in uh, Champaign-Urbana. Um, but she's uh, she brought in some kids with her last year and used the recruits they had. Well, this year she put together a, a good group, and she's not resting on her laurels because she's picking up kids right and left. Uh, uh, like I said, last year she brought in Makira Cook and Bryn Shoop Hill from uh, uh, Dayton, where she was, where she uh, tr uh, came from, as when she got hired to Illinois. Uh, she brought in Genesis Bryant from North Carolina State, Kendall Bostic from Michigan State, Aisha Nador from Northwest Florida State. Then she mixed that talent. The kids were already there, like Jada Peebles, Jayla Odin, uh, Adalia McKenzie, and also freshman Camille Jackson. Now this year, like I said. She hasn't stopped. It, it, it's not uh, okay. I've got these kids and going to play. No, she's picked up uh, five foot ten guard Corey Allen out of Montville or Monteverde Academy in Nashville. Seventy um, eighth ranked player in the nation. Eight points a game, two rebounds, five assists. She also picked up Buffalo, New York, five eleven guard Gretchen Dolan. And I catch these stats, guys. 38.4 points a game, 8 rebounds a game, 4 assists, 5 steals, and 2 blocks. 
Um, and this is a guard. You know, two blocks, eight rebounds. What the heck? Um, and she's added some top transfer talent, getting yet another player from NC State. May start having to call Star Illinois, NC State West. I don't know. Uh, she picked up uh, 6'3 center Camille Hobby. Hobby has averaged 8.8 points a game, 4.2 rebounds in just 21 minutes a game. So uh, she's uh, one that is looking on to provide some in interior help, as they say. She also added uh, rated the ACC closet again and picked up uh, – 6'3 sophomore forward Shea Bolin from Duke. Now, Bolin only played eight games for Duke as a freshman, uh, but she was ranked 26th in the nation coming out of, high, of uh, high school in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. So, going to have a little bit of size to him, going to have a little bit of talent. Um, my NCAA report partner, Russ Robinson, and I are going to get together again here soon. I'm uh, we had uh, we had some uh, scheduling difficulty, but we're going to get it back together again and get uh, get you filled in on all the NCAA happens and happenings. Uh, you know, the NCAA coaches not only having to recruit high school but transfer portal as well. You know, that's got to be um, well, it, it, it's got to be kind of hard. But it's also when you go to that transfer portal, it's like they're grabbing some insurance players. You know, they got these kids coming in. But they need that little extra. They need that one position. They need that one player. So they're going to grab these kids from the portal. So like I said, it's kind of like insurance. You know, just like the way you and I get insurance. You know, a quarterback has to stay protected in the pocket. You need to protect your assets. All the things in your life. Because as we know, life can throw you that curveball. And that's why you need Allstate. The Wiley Group has two locations in Festus and Arnold to serve you. They offer home auto, boat, motorcycle, business, life insurance, investments, and much more. They offer a customized approach that's unique to your situation to make sure you and your family and your assets are properly protected. They also offer great rates and savings. So give Sean and his team a call today at 636-764-6294 and, help, and have them help you with an insurance quote right over the phone. I mean, that's how they roll. So again, that number is 636-764-6294. And even give them a call if you just want to talk sports, because you know I've heard they do that too. See, with work and kids and social functions, we all have busy lives, and especially this time of year, summertime, you're going on vacations, things of that nature, taking the kids to the pool. So you can email Sean at seanwiley at allstate.com. That's S-E-A-N-W-I-L-E-Y at allstate.com. Talk to him about your coverage options, and remember, you're in good hands with Allstate. All right. Now, I know some of, me, some of you may not want to do this, but we're going to talk Cardinal baseball. Yeah, I know. Not a good subject in some, in some circles, that's for sure. Well, you know, and the fans are restless. I get it. I understand it, you know. Uh, you hear, you go on social media and you hear, trade this guy, trade that guy. They want to get rid of Paul DeYoung. They want to get rid of Dylan Carlson, uh, Tyler O'Neill. You know, get rid of all of them, bring up the young kids. And then there's talk, now, you even heard some talk lately, uh, people saying we should trade Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. You know, um, now, while I know that something needs to be done, and quite frankly, the front office does too, and I'll get to them in a minute. Uh, I know something needs to be done. You know something. But you don't make trades just to make trades. you got to make trades that are going to make sense. Uh, now, some people want to tear it down, burn it down, trade everybody, have the fire sale like the Marlins did after they won the World Series many years ago. I think it was back 90-something. Um, they won the World Series and then turn around and trade everybody like the Cubs did before they after the 2016 World Series. That's not the way to go, in my estimation. I mean, this this club's got a lot of talent. It's got a lot of of uh, good young young talent. They've got experience. They've got speed. They've got power. You know, this team has got a lot of positives to it. So I don't think there's any reason you want to go out and just tear the damn thing down. Do they, do they need to make moves? Do they need to, yeah, they do. I mean, that's that's a guarantee. You know, the question is, how do you improve? Now, I'm not saying. 
that this is a championship roster. Don't get me wrong. So I'm not saying stand pat. Obviously, they can't do that. Um, you, 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 when you look at the rotation with the problems that Matz has had, he's now in the bullpen. Wainwright has struggled. Michaelis has been fairly steady. Um, the Flaherty's been up and down. Uh, Libertor's been up and down. I mean, it's just not been a what you would call a consistent rotation. So they're going to, but the trick is twofold. So first, you got to get the front office, mainly the base, president of baseball operations, John Moselle, to admit he screwed up assembling this team. And let's call the spade a spade. He screwed up assembling this team. I mean, last week I accused him of being an, S, an arrogant SOB. And, you know, folks, I haven't changed my mind. But I will defend him in some respect. You know, well, in, in this respect, I should say. Not some respect, but in this respect. He's made statements like, we would hope the Cardinals are not allowed to rebuild. Now, what that means is, he hopes that we're still in a contention enough where a rebuild is not necessary, where we can just add to what we've got and move on. And as we sit on the 23rd of June, we still don't know exactly which way we'll walk. From a front office standpoint, we have to start preparing. Well, now here's where I will take a little issue, but he is right. You don't know which way you're going to walk because you don't know where this team, what direction this team is going because they keep giving you mixed signals. One minute they're they're winning a few games, the next minute they lose a couple games. Then they lose, you know. So you don't know which way this team is going to go. Some guys, uh, you know, Paul DeYoung was a good example. Started out really hot this year when he came when he finally came off the injured list. Had a little slump. He's back up hitting it again. I think uh, uh, he recently had an eight game hitting streak. Uh, you got Jordan Walker who's had a little struggle. He, Nolan Gorman's had a little struggle. He's now looks like starting to get back into it. Uh, so you don't know which way this team is going from day one to day two. So it make, does make it hard for the front office. But where I'll take my issue with is, is him saying, we need to start preparing now. Um, no, you should have been started preparing uh, back in May is when they should have started preparing and having different alternatives. And that's why I think that's the so that's kind of a double-edged comment there. Now, he also went on to say some deals that are made at this point, that some deals made that maybe we could help now but could also help in the future or that maybe we could be more of a reshuffling. Now, and again, he's not wrong because there are deals you need to make for the now. Uh, but you don't want to make every deal for the now and eliminate the future because if you go and buy a bunch of rental players, I mean guys that are free agents next year, you know, then where you're at, you're right back where you started in spring training with nothing to show for it, maybe. So, and like last year, they got they did get a, a, a rental, if you will, with with Quintana. I mean, he was the now, uh, but they also picked up the help for the future with Montgomery and Chris Stratton. So there was that little mix, and that's what you're going to need. And so I think that's something he's going to have to to really uh, play with. But I think he's right. So, you know, and I know people want to hear me say that he's, this is totally wrong and this is no way. And, and you know, what I've said of him before, I may be sounding a little hypocritic. But hear me out. After they lost seven in a row, the Cardinals were five and two, and that was a seven fourteen winning percentage. Now I know that against a that was against a, a Mets team that was struggling, and against uh, the Nationals, and split with division rival Chicago and London. I, I understand all that. Um, so we weren't playing, you know, we weren't playing top teams, you know, realistically. I mean, Mets were supposed to be a top team for all the money they spent, and they're not. But now we're going to go toe to toe with, or we went toe to toe with the Astros, and for two games we played. They played very well. Uh, a little hiccup with Geo, and I think uh, Ollie screwed that one up. Uh, I think he should have pulled Geo after that first home run when he when the game got tied. It was obvious he wasn't fooling anybody. So, uh, and I the, the the quick thing, a comment that was made in that or after that game, uh, a reporter asked him, did he think about pulling Geo after the first home run, and he said. Well, yes, if I'd have known there was going to be a second home run, I would have pulled him. And uh, the reporter answered back quite quite correctly, well, it's happened twice before, uh, to which Marmol kept his mouth shut. Smart thing for Marmol. Uh, 
so my point is the Cardinals can beat these lower teams. And that's what they're doing right now. They're beating lower teams. Uh, maybe not necessarily lower than them, obviously, with the Mets struggling and the Cubs. But that's fine. But if you're going to advance better, you got to go. You got to start beating some of the big boys. And you know, uh, you can't lose two games to the Astros. I mean, well, and like the way they did, I should say. I mean, if you get beat, you get beat. That's one thing. But when you give the game away one day and then you just totally, well, actually, you gave the game away both days. Um, you know, feel very sorry for Adam Wainwright um, after after. Uh, yesterday's game, um, you know, and, and here's okay. I'm going to stop for a quick second. Not stop. I'm going to change gears for a quick second here, and say that what happened with Adam Wainwright having to deactivate his Twitter because of all the um, negativity, and that's the nicest way I can put it. Um, what I really would like to say, and I'm well, what the hell, I'm going to say it from all the assholes that attacked him on Twitter, that um, basically had no class, you guys need to find another sport to watch. You do. You just really do. And quite frankly, Cardinal Nation would be better without you. I mean, if you can't understand that these guys are out there they don't. You think they like being fourteen games under five hundred? Do you think Adam Wainwright likes being pulled in the second inning of a ball game? If you think that, you have no clue what you're talking about in sports. So just quit following sports altogether. Okay. So that's the first thing. So you know, uh, I heard he did reactivate his Twitter account today, um, and. Uh, you know, we'll see going forward. I think if anybody can pull themselves out of this mess, it's Adam Wainwright. Um, I'm hoping he can anyway. And, and, you know, he hasn't pitched well. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He hasn't pitched well. Uh, he's had games where he's looked good and then uh, games where, you know, he just doesn't have it. You know, and again, I think that goes back to Marmel and Dusty Blake as well to make sure that these guys get prepared and they're ready to go. That if there is an issue, that they you know they deal with it between innings. Hey, Adam, uh, I don't think your spin rate's a little right. You might want to try to get a little bit more spin on that curve while you're out there, you know, uh, or just whatever it takes. But I don't see them doing that, and you know that that right in is a lot of the problem. Um, so now, but when you look at what John Mozeliak said in the off season. That payroll was going to go up and they'd make moves to improve the club and all we ended up with was Wilson Contreras. That's it. That's all we got. Wilson Contreras. And he thumbed the nose at everything else. Um, he said, we looked at some deals, but they were none left. We none that we felt good about. Well, when you wait until the very end of the winter meetings to even try to negotiate, and then the only thing you're negotiating for is a catcher, everybody else doesn't care. Those other teams don't care because they know what deals they're going to make, and if you don't want to deal with them, if you're too busy trying to find a catcher, they'll go somewhere else. And that's what happened. That is exactly what happened. Um, so he might be a little motivated to save face here this off season or this uh, trade deadline when it comes up. Uh, now, along with that, I've made references last week that that Marmol has no clue what's going on, and I don't think he really does. You know, nothing. And this is not an attack against uh, against Ollie, because I'm sure he has some idea, but he's not. At least in my estimation, and you know, I'm not the be all end all. I've said this before. I'm. I'm just a fan like you guys are. But when I look at some of the moves he makes, you know, uh, this, this constant in and out of the lineup with with uh, uh, Arenado and, and Goldschmidt, giving him a rest and then making him a DH and, um, you know, not really giving Walker the, the, the time he deserves uh, and, 
you know, now granted, I'll give him credit where credit is due. He stuck with Paul. He stuck by Paul DeYoung, and DeYoung is play, playing a very, very good defensive shortstop. Had his hitting trouble, like I said, he's kind of turned that around a little bit. So you know, maybe Ali did have an idea about that. But there's just so many other things. Not again with with the geo thing. Uh, yesterday with 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 at, or uh, yeah, yesterday with Adam Wainwright. You know, gives up three runs and then and yeah, he was only maybe an out away or something like that. He only needed it one out, but you know, at some point in time, you and or the pitching coach has got to sit there and say, look, I don't think he's got it. We need to we need to do it. We need you know hate to do it, but we got to. You know, uh, or with the geo thing. Hey, look, it's tie ball game. Get him out of there. We got to stop the bleeding now. We can't let him keep going. I don't know if he's not listening. I don't know if Blake's not telling him, but he's making a lot of wrong decisions that that needs to stop. And you know, like I said uh, last week, I don't believe. Uh, I, I agree with JD Haffron. I don't believe they're going to fire Marmol midseason. Uh, unless, of course, like I said, Moe's seat is, is hot. And I think it is warming up. I don't think Bill DeWitt, I, a lot of people are, are, that's the other thing, a lot of people are chiming in, oh, Bill DeWitt doesn't care. As long as he makes his three million, you know, puts three million people in the seats, he doesn't really care, and he's not going to do this. And yada, 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 yada. Shut up. Bill DeWitt is a businessman. And as a businessman, he has to put a product on the field that people are going to pay for. And I'm not talking just the fans that go to the games and buy the concessions. I'm talking about advertisers. I'm talking about the sponsors. You know, where, do they, where do you think all these freebies come from that they give away at the ballpark? Now, they pay for some of it. Yes, they pay a lot of money to get some of this stuff done. But there's a lot of it that the sponsors are giving them a little bit of, yeah, okay, we'll, take, you know, we'll cut you a break. You know, or we'll give you this kind of money. We'll give you that kind of money. Bill DeWitt needs that. But to get that, he's got to have a successful team on the field. Right now, this team is not a, su- a success. So you've got to be thinking, he's got to be talking to, to Mosellock every day saying, Hey, Mo, what are we doing? Who have you talked to? When have you get-? So Mo's seat has to be getting warm. <clears throat> Excuse me. If not warm... Uh, at least maybe a little bit uncomfortable. Something, I just don't believe DeWitt is going to sit there and do nothing all year. You know, so if Mo doesn't get this fixed at the trade deadline, it could be very possible you could see a regime change in St. Louis. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying I've got inside information. I'm just saying if I'm Bill DeWitt, and that team is out there on the field, and they're not performing, or at least not winning anyway. And I've got to start looking. Is it the players? Is it the moves? Well, if it's the players, who's in charge of getting me the players? John Mosellock. If it's the moves, who's in charge of the moves? Ollie Marmol. Who hired Ollie Marmol? John Mosellock. So you see my reasoning. Mazalock's seat, for whatever reason, has to be getting hot right now. And when his seat gets hot, Ollie's is going to get hot. Mark my words. Speaking of hot, hey folks, it's summer is here. I'm telling you, it is in full force. You know, people outside are playing sports, going to the beach, they're hiking, camping. Maybe you're just going out to do some yard work. If you're going to be active, you need to stay hydrated. And trust me, I've been there and going to the hospital to get fluids is not a fun way to spend your day. It is not highly recommended. Now, one way to stay hydrated is with hydration multiplication from Liquid IV. In just one stick, you get five essential vitamins, two times faster hydration to water alone, and three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. It's conveniently packaged, so you can take it anywhere. You go to the gym or play sports. Put some in your gym bag. You go to you go to take a hike. You know, put have your water bottle. Throw some in the water bottle and throw a couple pieces, a couple sticks in your backpack. Put it in the, in the beach bag when you go to the beach. Or you need to pick me up at work. Put a cup in your briefcase or your lunchbox. It's good stuff. Liquid IV comes in twelve delicious and refreshing flavors, including strawberry lemonade, tropical punch, 
and pina colada. You get the benefit of vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12, vitamin C. It's non-GMO, it's gluten-free, and it contains no soy or dairy products. Liquid IV is a company that believes in equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities pro protect both their water and their futures. Get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code GCS at checkout. That's 20% off anything when you order to shop better hydration today using promo code GCS at liquidiv.com. Ready to shop for better hydration? You can also use my special link, zen, that's Z-E-N dot A-I slash Talking Sports on the Bleachers. Again, zen dot A-I slash Talking Sports on the Bleachers. You can save 20% off anything you order that way. So see what hydration multiplication can do for you. Try Liquid IV. So let's just say the team is in a position of being in contention and that the front office is actually willing to make a move. Okay, where do we start? Well, the only place you can start, and really the only thing that really that needs to be done, is the rotation. You could probably add another bat, but I think at this point the rotation is what you need to concentrate on because, you know, as I said earlier, going into next year, all you've got is Miles Michaelis, Steven Matz, and presumably right now Matthew Libertor. So you got to have at least two more pitchers because you know Wainwright's retiring. Jordan Montgomery and uh, Jack Flaherty may or may not be with the club. If I had my way, I would offer Montgomery a contract. Uh, I don't know why they didn't. Uh, I understand the extending of Michaelis, but there should have been a second extension offered to Montgomery. Um, I would have offered him three years, $65 million, because unless they decide on a fire sale, which I don't think they're going to do, they're going to wait till the end of the year and then shoot Monty a qualifying offer. Well, that's going to be around $20 million. I think it's like nineteen five or something, $20 million, somewhere in that neighborhood. So why not get ahead of the game, offer him a little bit of a boost, say three years, $65 million, and we'll call it even. If he doesn't take the, doesn't take the offer, then fine, you go on without him. You wait till the end of the year. You do the you do the qualifying offer. He rejects it, and you get a draft pick. Great. If he does, then you got a pitcher for three years. You know, same thing with Jack Flaherty. He, I, him, I would not offer as big a contract. I have no way he would get a qualifying offer in my book, and I don't think they're going to offer him a shoot him a qualifying offer. I think at best, um, they'll offer him maybe. A little, but they're not gonna they're not gonna get into a bidding war on him when he goes free agent. Um, you know, they could trade him. He's got some value, so I don't know what they'll do with that. But I would offer. I'd say maybe he's making five point four million dollars a year right now. Um, I'd say if you could give you could shoot him a two year deal at thirteen five or fourteen million. He might take it, and but I wouldn't go any higher than that. I, I, he hasn't proven himself to stay healthy enough to go any higher than that kind of a that kind of a raise. Uh, now, having said that, who do we go get? Well, I've had one guy on the top of my list since last year, and that's left-hander Dylan Cease in the Chicago White Sox. Now, right now he's only three and three with a 4.4 ERA, but he is what the Cardinals need. Because they don't have a strikeout pitcher, they don't have a pitcher that can go out there and get you, not you know, get you a strikeout. That's a swing and miss type of guy. Uh, Dylan Dylan Cease is that. He's got a 10.8 uh, strikeouts per nine inning rate right now. Uh, now he won't be a free agent until 2026. So there you're hitting, you're getting the now and you're getting the future. Like I said earlier, you got to try and do both. With Dylan Cease, you're doing both. Um, and especially if you're not going to if you're not going to retain a a Jordan Montgomery, Cease is a left-hander, so you take you get rid of one left-hander for another. Um, you know the best pitcher we got right now, as far as K's per nine, is Jack Flaherty, um, who's averaging basically um, I think it's eight per nine. So. 
you know, we don't have a strikeout pitcher. We got guys that can have games where they strike out nine, eight or nine guys in seven innings. That's great. But then they turn in the next game, they strike out two or three in seven innings. That's not what you want. You need a consistent guy, a guy that's going to go out there and strike out eight, nine guys in a game. Every game he goes out. Uh, we don't have that. And, uh, and there's another guy uh, over in um, – a couple other guys over there, actually. Uh, Lucas Giolito, Lance Lynn, both at the White Sox. You know, they could be good additions, but they would be a here. They would be a immediate fix of the situation now, especially for Lynn. He's 36. Um, you know, I don't see him – you know, he could go another couple of years. I don't see it happening. Um, Giolito, he's also a free agent, so those guys would both be rentals. And there's a two or three guys out of Miami that you could look at. And I'm not talking Sandy Alcantara. I'm talking Jesus Lazardo and Braxton Garrett. Both of those guys um, are pitching very well as far in the, in the strikeout. I mean, they're not getting the wins that you see. Um, but, you know, uh, Garrett is a guy that I've had on my radar for a couple of years now. Um, he's finally had a, a decent year last year. Um, this year, uh, he's got a strikeout rate to 10.1. There's only tick I've got about Garrett is he doesn't, I don't think he rarely gets past the sixth inning. And he gets into the sixth, but rarely gets through it and almost never sees the seventh. Um, so, but the one good thing, he is not a free agent until 2029. Which means he'll probably, he'll probably cost a few uh, an extra prospect or two for that. Uh, Lazardo has been so-so. Uh, about he think he's like five hundred three and three, uh, but he's always posted good strikeout numbers. Even when he's not winning, he's posting good strikeout numbers. Um, he's a free agent in twenty twenty-seven, uh, and he and Garrett are both left-handers. Uh, so there's there is that again. If they they do not re-sign Montgomery, then you need to look at another left-hander to bring in. Now, the Mariners, or excuse me, the Mariners, <laughs> the Marlins also have Edward Cabrera, uh, but right now he's on the IL with a shoulder impingement. He really deals on the strikeout, good strikeout pitcher, but I'm not sure I would deal in damaged goods again from Miami. That, just, that didn't really work out well the last time. Uh, Pablo Lopez is another one I've had on my radar. Um, he's only three and five with a 4.41 ERA, six uh, innings per. But he does average six innings a game, um, and, you know, for Minnesota. And uh, he could be moved for a um, outfielder type. So if we're looking and we get Tyler O'Neill back, we could be looking at maybe a Tyler O'Neill. You could give Juan Yepes a DH because quite frankly, Minnesota's looking for a lot of help anywhere. I mean, they do lead the Central, the AL Central, two games under 500. They're leading the AL Central. Um, you know, they also could use a third baseman. So you might, you could say Brendan Donovan, although I don't think Donovan's going to go anywhere. Um, you know, but no matter which way they go, and you know, I only brought up three names, but there's there's a, there's others out there. Um, but no matter which way they go, they got to figure out what they're going to do with Montgomery first because. That, to me, is what's going to dictate who and what they go after at the deadline. If they plan on making Montgomery a priority for next year, then they need their, their deadline deal is going to be a little different. If they don't think they're going to pursue Montgomery, which I, in my estimation would be stupid, but if they don't think they're going to pursue Montgomery, then you then they would have to go a different direction and get arms that are going to be not for this year but for next year. So a lot of is that. Also, Stephen Matz figures into this too because right now he's doing pretty well out of the bullpen. Uh, he came in um, and was a big part in keeping the Astros down a little bit on Thursday until uh, um, till the near the until Wood, Woodford came in. Uh, he pitched three innings, did very well, but that's been in relief. Is he going to be a starter again? That's another guy you got to think about. Is he going to be another starter? You know, he's a left-hander also. So, you know, if you think he's going to be your starter next year, then maybe you do let Montgomery go. 
If you don't think he's going to be a starter, then you got to think about keeping Montgomery. So they've got a lot of decisions to make, and they got to make them quick. I mean, July is tomorrow, so they got to make them quick. And you know, you've only got a month left before the deadline, so you've got to get this figured out, and they've got to make they got to come up with what they're going to do. <sighs> you know. I said we don't really you could go after a bat, but if you look at the, what's going on with the Cardinals hit offense wise, um, they're ninth in the National League in batting average, ahead of teams like the Dodgers, the Mets, the Padres, and every team in the National League Central. Let that one sink in. They are seventh in uh, on base percentage, fourth in slugging percentage, fourth in OPS. Now, as far as the MLB, for, for all, of, all of Major League Baseball, they're 15th in average, 12th in o on base, 8th in slugging, 9th in OPS. Um, when you've got, and they've got guys that, like I said earlier, the, the guys that are playing, Jordan Walker's on a 17-game hitting streak. He's hitting 306, uh, 375, 472. You've got uh, Goldie and Nato and Gorman, the three of them together, 45 home runs, 143 RBIs. Uh, Paul DeYoung, like I said, is heating up again. He's got the fourth most home runs on the club with 12 and the sixth most RBIs on the club with 25. Um, so you've got guys that are there. Donovan's been been uh, producing fairly well. Carlson's had a, uh, a so-so. Uh, Newt Bar's done well for a little bit. Uh, so the parts are there. Uh, the question is, can Mazalok assemble them the right way and can Ali actually manage instead of reading a spreadsheet. You know, so I know what I, I've given you what I think they should do. What will they do? Well, that's going to be the question. You know, guys like Wynn, Gersefo, Herp J, I don't think those guys are going to hurt. hurt I can't pronounce that guy's name. Um, uh, I don't think they're going anywhere, to tell you the truth. I think those guys are holding on to. McGreevy, I don't think you're going to see him go. Uh, Tim Kent, Ivan Herrera, six uh, one half dozen of you get they, they get a deal for Herrera. I don't I don't see why they wouldn't, uh, but it all depends on what they think. Uh, Wilson Contreras is how long he's going to be at the catching spot. How much do they believe in Andrew Kisner? That's another thing. So you know uh, Herrera's in one of those weird positions. So they, I mean, they could deal Kisner, bring Herrera up. Uh, you know, a number of different things could happen there. Uh, second, as far as a major league roster is concerned, I don't see Nato, Golder, Goldie, Walker, Gorman going anywhere. I don't think Donovan's going to go anywhere. Um, I do maybe see them if they can get O'Neill healthy and at least somewhat playing like he has been in the past. Uh, I can see maybe them dealing O'Neal because, quite frankly, if you're going to bring O'Neal, now now you've got an issue with where does Walker go. And if you take Walker and you demote him now, after what he's done, that uh, that's just wrong. So I don't think... Eh, my estimation, I don't think Tyler O'Neal will be a Cardinal by the end of July, if not before. Uh, I mean, you know, you don't have to wait until the last three days of the month. I mean, they can make that they can make a trade any time. And I think once he's healthy, once he's out there, I think uh, you may see him and left Walker DHing for a while. And then when uh, the time comes and they can pull the trigger, they'll, they'll trade uh, O'Neal and put Walker back and left. Uh, I think that's one possibility. Um, I see possibly Paul DeYoung, Connor Thomas, Moises Gomez being used as trade pieces. Uh, Luke and Baker, I think, there's a couple teams that there could use a first base DH type. I think he could fill that role for a lot of people. And I think if you had the right deal out there, Dylan Carlson is not off the block. Uh, I don't think you're. I don't think he's going to be one that's off the block if there if the right deal comes along. Now, third, if you go by recent history. Mo will make just enough move to get us into the playoffs. Now, the last couple of years, they hadn't been too bad because we haven't been in bad shape. This year, with the shape this team is in, or the position this team is in, I should say, if Mo's going to get this team in the playoffs, 
his just enough move is going to have to be big. I mean, it's going to be really big. And I do I see that happening? Not really, because the front office is shown no urgency. You know, it's 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 always preaching patience instead of what we got to do. Finally, I'll say once again to John Mazalock, if you want to come on this show and defend your actions, tell us why we should believe you when you say the fans need to be patient. Tell us why Mike Schilt can basically have three winning seasons and is fired over Oliver Marmel, who can't get us out of the basement. And now you should complete faith in him. Tell us what does, what's going on here, because we're not getting it. We don't understand. Now, I doubt this challenge is ever going to be met, because quite frankly, I'm not worth most time. I know that, so, you know, he's not going to talk to me. Um, you know, he's too busy making out the lineup card for Marble. Oh, yeah, I said that. I'll go there. You know, we all know Marmel is Moe's puppet. He is their chosen golden child because he will do what they tell him to do. He won't stand up and say, Moe, I need this hitter. I need this pitcher. He's not going to say that. He's going to sit there and let Moe do whatever Moe does. And that's that, I think, is the biggest problem we've got. Because, you know, Moe's the smartest man in the room. Just ask him. He'll tell you so. All right. I need to get off, start working on my next uh, podcast and maybe even a couple articles. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, like and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts. If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me on Twitter at TSOTBGCS. Also, check out GatewayCitySports.com where you'll find content on a multitude of sports in and around the city of St. Louis and the bi-state area. Check out our articles by Russ, Uncle Frank Robinson, Brian Papa Swope, and Gene Bonds. You'll even see me there uh, a lot more as well. I plan on getting back into the writing gig here too, pretty soon. Uh, check out our other podcasts like the Team of Rivals with Ron Nuttall, Pete Geddes, and Elliot Dewey. The 243 with the most Mike Stevenson. And the That's a Winner podcast with Ryan Jenkins and Josh Brown. And making his return soon to the airways, Derek King with the Derek King Sports Show. So check us out at gatewaycitysports.com. Well, until we take refuge here in the bleachers to talk sports again, please have fun, stay safe, and be kind to one another. I'll talk to you soon when we are talking sports on the bleachers. Good night, everybody. Thanks again for joining us, and you have been listening to Talking Sports on the Bleachers. Here's hoping you have a great sports day.